welcome back to Millennial Ag, where agriculture is always on tap and no topic is off limits. Thanks for joining us today, your co-hosts, Valine Likely and Catherine Lotspeech. Listeners, welcome back to this week's episode. Um, as you notice, it'll be Friday before this airs, and we promised we had it um, recorded, or we thought we had it recorded earlier this week, and with technical difficulties and our crazy schedule and everything else happening. <laughs> it did not get uploaded or recorded. So we're re-recording again, um, but it's just Catherine and I this week, and I we're going to go through Colin Powell's um, 13 rules of um, leadership. And they kind of, after following his death this week or the end of last week, I, I can't even remember at this point, um, they we've been kind of reflecting on them and thought it would be good to bring them to light and kind of just mull them over a little bit on how, how they affect our lives, how they affect agriculture and how, you know, they can affect the day-to-day world, especially now with so much haste and anxiety floating around. Yeah. So we'll just jump right into these 13 rules, our thoughts on them and um, give you kind of a short and sweet episode this week. So rule number one is it ain't as bad as you think it will look better in the morning. <laughs> after, after I um, spent like 15, 20 minutes trying to just get the audio downloaded from Zoom and it converted and everything else and it wasn't working, I um, had to go back to this one, Catherine, <laughs> and remind myself that when I wake up tomorrow morning, it really won't matter that we didn't get it recorded and we'll have to do it over again. So I think... I think that one's a great one to start out with. Yeah, you know, it's just a good reminder that um, it's, you know, it's an attitude to try and keep your confidence and optimism up um, no matter what the situation is. And then to give yourself a good night's rest and put a different blush on it in the morning. Yep. And I, I think it's good to, you know, remind ourselves a lot of times it's an attitude rather than what's really happening around us. Um, there are plenty of devastations happening right now, but most of the time just an attitude adjustment can help, help a lot. And a good, good night rest can, can really put light onto another situation. So, yeah. Um, number two says get mad, then get over it. (laughs) (laughs) This one I think is good. Um, you know, to, to get mad because that can have its uses, but to get over, get over it quickly and not lose control of yourself. Um, you know, it's sort of a, something that you have to practice because it's easy to hold a grudge or to stay pissed off about something, but, um, you know, getting over it will, will probably, um, induce you to, to figure out a solution and, and get past it rather than dwelling on it. Yeah, no, I, I don't know how many times, you know, I've gotten mad, but I haven't ever got, I've held it in one. And then that grudge just builds up and builds up and builds up. And then when it does come out, it's a lot worse than if mm-hmm. I had just kind of let it out when I was angry in the situation, reason through why I was angry and then move on. Yeah, for sure. Number three is avoid having your ego so close to your position that when your position falls, your ego goes with it. I think that one's always a great reminder for me that, um, you know, positions come and go in our lives, you know, titles come and go, a ranks come and go, 
whatever it may be, but, um, our ego and our, our personality and, and things we hold near and dear to us are what are still going to be left when, when those positions fail. And we have to remind ourselves that we can't, um, hold, hold all our worth in our title or our position. Right. Yeah. And because when that, when that falls, um, it's easy for your worth to go with it. If you're, if you are, um, if your if your worth is, is external rather than internal. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, and every, I know this is maybe a little cliche or, um, has been said a lot of times, but you know, at your job, you're, you're replaceable. And it's always a gut check, but you are replaceable, but to your family, your friends, to your, your life, you're irreplaceable. So it's sometimes just reposition, repositioning yourself to realize what's, what's truly important and what's, what's something you do to help sustain it. But that can, can be shed at some point. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, number four is it can be done exclamation point. (laughs) (laughs) This one I think is believing that success can be like sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you believe that it's possible, you're more likely to attain it. Um, you know, having just having that positive attitude, not, not toxic positivity, but the attitude that it can be done. And so therefore you're more liable to think about ways, even if they're different ways to get it done. Um, you know, even if it's, if it's a different kind of a path towards success that you go through, um, you're more open to figuring out how to get it done. Well, and I think, you know, having that internal confidence and there's a difference, I think between confidence and cockiness, um, but having that, that confidence that I can do what I put my mind to and, and realizing that we, we can accomplish it. And sometimes that positive self-affirmation helps take that step forward that you need, that you need to take the next step in, in whatever you're working on. Yeah, exactly. Number five is be careful what you choose. You may get it. (laughs) (laughs) I always, I laugh at that one because I think sometimes we go balls to the wall or we're, you know, throwing out a, um, throwing out a, um, idea or a thought or something. And we're like, Hmm, I don't know if this will work or whatever. And the next thing we know, we get it. And then we get something else and you're like, wow, well, I asked for that. I'm now getting it. Now I have to follow through with it as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, that it gives you time to consider the pros and cons. Even if you're trying to rush a decision, there's almost always time to consider the pros and cons and, and, um, you know, really think about, about what you're, what you're asking for. Yeah, no, I think it's, you know, I just, I, um, closed on a house a week and it's been over a week now. And I was like, I was so excited and I'm still so excited. Don't get me wrong, but it was like, wow, (laughs) this is what I got into. And now this is a responsibility I have to deal with too. And it's, it's a lot more, you know, stuff than I've ever had to worry about. You know, you worry about the toilets and the water softener and stuff like that, that you don't, 
necessarily realize when you, you know, put your offer in very, at the very, very beginning of the whole process. Yeah. Um, number six, don't let adverse facts stand in the way of a good decision. And I like this one. Um, I think it goes back to, it can be done, but I think we need to take sometimes the adverse effects, um, and facts, but don't let them stop you from, from making a decision or from hindering your ability to make a decision. Right. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. I don't have anything more to add to that. (laughs) (laughs) Great minds think alike sometimes. Number seven, you can't make someone else's choices. You shouldn't let someone else make yours. This one I think is a really good um, reminder to retain your own agency and to to keep the decision-making process within your own power. Um, You know, you should seek the advice of others, but um, don't let somebody else make your decisions because in the end, you're the one who has to live with them. Yep, no, I think that's, such a great reminder. Cause I think, I know a lot of times when I get paralyzed with a decision to make, I'm like, why can't somebody just come and make a decision for me? (laughs) Right. Um, because I can't see what's coming or I can't see what's, um, headed down the pipeline. Um, and I, it's just a reminder that you are in control of your life and you're in, in charge of your choices, um, every single day. So And then number eight is check small things. So when we first recorded this episode yesterday, before our technical difficulties, I wasn't entirely sure what this one meant. And so I went back and um, found found some of Colin Powell's writings about this. And I'll share um, what he wrote about this particular one. So as a leader, Powell noted, he'd often drop in on other departments and wander around the office to see what others were working on. That's because for him, success was built off small details. Leaders have to have a feel for small things, a feel for what is going on in the depths of an organization where small things reside, he wrote. So um, I thought that was just a great reminder um, to, to remember the details. Yeah, no, I think, you know, a lot of times, especially as, you know, you you start whatever you're doing, you start by getting the foundation and you understand all the details and you get to, to a leadership position, whatever it may be. And sometimes you forget those little details that make the system work or the little things that people are doing. And they always, I mean, there's the great saying that the devil's in the details, you know, and that's where (laughs) he can hang out. And I think it's, it's a reminder because I don't like, I don't, I like to know kind of the process, but some of the details I'm like, nope, don't bore me with the details. Let's move on. Um, But I think it's a great reminder to sometimes take a deep breath and dive in maybe a little bit deeper than I, than I normally would sometimes. Yeah. Number nine is pretty self-explanatory, but I like it a lot. It's share credit. Yeah. Um, I, I absolutely love that one too, because I think a lot of times our gut instinct is to um, share the blame and take the credit. You know, it's just easier to say, well, it was your fault, but I did everything right. Um, and it should be a great leader is, is reverse of that. You want to, um, you want to take the blame and share more of the credit. And it's amazing how many more people, um, can follow you or, you know, you want to follow the people that are going to lift you up and encourage you rather than, 
then take all the credit for what, what your hard work has been. Right. And something else that Secretary Powell wrote about this um, that I really like is he said, let all employees believe that they were the ones who did it. They were adding that people need recognition and a sense of worth as much as they need food and water. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think I, as humans, we, we um, put a lot on our self-worth and what, how good we are and um, like a good employee or a good follower or whoever um, needs that affirmation because they're working their tails off. And, and I think sometimes they, they kind of get left out. And I know I felt that way in in certain situations. And I'm also know that I've also not been the greatest at it either. So I think it's, that's such a great reminder. Yeah. Um, number 10 is remain calm and be kind. This one, I think, is just another good reminder. You know, it's easy to get caught up in a situation when it gets chaotic and, and um, you know, get caught up in the whirlwind and get your mind going a million miles an hour. And even more so, it's easy to become abrupt and maybe even unkind in those kinds of situations. But it's important to, A, remain calm because, you know, you, you'll think with a clearer head when you're calm. Mm-hmm. And being kind is just, you know, thinking about what kind of leader would you want to follow um, and, and, you know, adhering to that, um, you know, it, it can reassure people who, who you need to follow you and, and keep their confidence in you. Yeah. And I think, you know, just, especially in today's world, um, we need to be throwing kindness around a little bit more. Um, I know there's a great or a little um, blurb that says throw kindness around like confetti. Um, And I think we need to do a little bit more of that because it's, um, it's amazing what kindness does to, to one's spirit and one's demeanor. And, and it just, we need more kindness in the world right now to, to help boost some of the negativity that seems to be floating around us. I agree. Number 11 is have a vision and be demanding. I, I like this one a lot too. And it's, it's very assertive and it's very to the point. Um, and once you kind of know what you want, the vision part, demand it. And, and there's, it's not, I think with saying that it's not, well, I need this and I need you to do that, but it's go after it, demand the ball and go get it. Abby Wombat used that in, in her book, um, Wolfpack. And, and that's just something that I've kind of, um, tried to be better at. Like if I see a situation and I know I've done my research, I have the vision then I need to go after it and get it. You know, I, it goes back to, it can be done. So go do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I think great leaders, you know, they need to inspire their followers. And so you need to have a vision um, that you can really get people to take ownership of and follow you. Um, and then be demanding of, of attaining that vision. And I think it um, comes with discipline too. You know, a great leader has discipline and they have um, their values and stuff set out. And that demands respect that demands, 
um, somebody follow them and, and, and stand up for what's right. And I think, you know, it's a great, a great leader demands that respect and is demanding in a very respectful way too. Yeah, I think so too. Respect is always part of it. Yep. And then number 12 is don't take counsel of your fears or naysayers. This one is pretty self-explanatory, but this one always hits home for me because it's a really good reminder of um, not letting your fears control you and, um, you know, remembering that fear is, it's just a normal part of life, but not letting it, again, not letting it control you, Um, you know, learning how to be aware of it and, and, and saying, okay, I see that you're there, but not letting it control the decisions that you make. Yeah, no. And it's, I mean, I feel like we always have, um, the little gremlin in the back of our head telling us we're not good enough. We can't do it. Um, it's all over social media right now. Um, you just walk outside and there's somebody, it seems like throwing eggs at you telling you, you're not good enough. And, and sometimes I think just having, having that fear already planted makes those situations a lot worse. Um, because you're like, well, somebody's confirming it or whatever, but if we can, we can put our own fears and our own internal naysayers away, I think we'll be able to conquer the external ones as well a little bit better. Yeah, I agree. And something that secretary Powell wrote about naysayers also that I just want to add is that they're more often wrong than right. And he said, sometimes they're correct. So they're worth listening to, but only in small doses. And it's good to like, we're all, we're not always going to be right. hundred percent of the time. And we need that counteraction of, of the other perspective. And we need the, we need that balance of knowing what the other side is thinking um, and why they're um, thinking that. But I think it's different than somebody telling you, you're not good enough you can't do it, you know, that sort of thing. There's a difference in dialogue and constructive criticism versus fear and naysayers too. Yes. Yes, definitely. For sure. Number 13, perpetual optimism is a force multiplier. I think this is, I don't know. I think it's a great one to be the last too, because, um, it's amazing when, when you surround yourself with optimism, when you surround your own brain with some positivity, um, how much farther you can go when you think you can't fail and we're all going to fail, but when you think you can't fail, imagine what you could accomplish. And I know, again, we're throwing out sayings and cliche tidbits here and there. Um, but it's true. Like those, you remove those fears and doubts and start putting that positivity back into your life. Um, you'll be surprised at how far you can come, I think. And then you'll also realize how much joy is around you and how much joy you bring to others when you're able to start having some optimism. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, if you're leading people, um, you know, they will feed off of what you are putting out. And so if you're putting off optimism, um, it can be really contagious and lead to really good outcomes. Um, and, you know, feed into the other rules, like being calm and kind and not letting your doubts control you, those sorts of things. Yeah, no. And I think, you know, having, 
like you said, having joy and being calm can make decisions and people, you might not always be right and you may still fail, um, but it'll make going through life or going through a position or going through a hard time, maybe a little bit easier to, to handle too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So listeners, those are Colin Powell's 13 rules of effective leaders. Um, Val, what's your favorite rule? Ooh, you know, right now, I think just the remain calm and be kind, um, (laughs) sticking out. And I don't even remember what I said yesterday when we recorded, um, but I, right now, I think, you know, just not with the endless list of things to do with everything that the last couple of weeks have brought to me and my family, trying to remember to just remind calm and be kind to everyone I come in contact with will make, make my life a little easier and make those around me a little more enjoyable. Yeah. Always a good reminder. What about you? Which one really stood out to you? Um, my favorite one right now is don't take counsel of your fears or naysayers. Um, you know, there's, there's some projects that I'm working on that I've got fears about, um, you know, some personal projects and, you know, the biggest naysayer in my life is definitely myself. Um, and not letting fear control what I do or don't do, um, is a really, really powerful reminder to just do it imperfectly. Um, you know, just have the guts to move forward. Um, despite the fear, do it scared essentially. (laughs) No. And it's amazing how, like, once you get to the other side, like you're like, wow, I actually did it. Like you can always redo or re-edit or whatever the project is, but sometimes you just got to jump in and do it. Yep. Yep. Sometimes you do. And that's just, that's how you do it. Yep. Most definitely. Well, listeners, um, before we sign off, um, we were got an email yesterday that there is a survey for the global ag network, um, viewers and listeners. So we'll share that around social media. Um, but we would love for you to take the survey to try to get a better idea of, of who our audience is specifically, but also the global ag networks, um, audience in general and what you like listening to, um, what you want to hear more of. So we'll share that and we'll try to tag it in the show notes as well. Um, and we want to hear from you. Um, we appreciate you tuning into this week's episode of the Millennial Ag Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also email us directly at talktous at millennialag.com. And until next week, we are Millennial Ag. Millennial Ag.